Welcome to the Private School Leader Podcast, where private school leaders learn how to thrive and not just survive as they serve and lead their schools. I'm your host, Mark Minkus. About once a week, I look at my wife and I say, hey, do you want to know what song is stuck in my head? And she says, not really. And I tell her anyways. And it's usually some 80s pop song. And if it's the morning after the middle school dance, it's probably something like the Cupid Shuffle or some Taylor Swift song. And then every morning, this literally happens almost every morning, when I'm driving to school and I'm getting closer to school, I'm almost always listening to music on the way to school, usually something upbeat, is that I'll just decide, okay, what song do I want stuck in my head for the rest of the day? And I will sometimes advance or skip or um, whatever with the song so that it's a song that I know is going to be stuck in my head for the rest of the day. And so why does that happen? Why do we have songs stuck in our head? Well, some of you know the answer, but really what it comes down to is our brain is all about wanting to close open loops. So if there's a song and it didn't finish, your brain wants to finish that song. And that's why the song is stuck in your head. So our brain wants to close open loops. And that's the power of storytelling is opening loops and closing them. And I'll give you an example. This was like 30 years ago, and I still remember it very clearly. I was listening to a public speaker. I think it might have been at my church. And this guy was telling this story about how he had a plane uh, out of Atlanta, a flight out of Atlanta, and they developed engine problems and there was bad weather and that the plane was at 30,000 feet and it dropped down to like 12,000 feet or 10,000 feet. And he talked about how it was in this controlled dive and that it was uh, that he figured that his life was over and it got to 12,000 feet. And then he started talking about something else and he never got around in his talk to telling what happened. And it was this open loop and it was kind of ridiculous because we can all, we all know he survived because he's standing there telling the story. But a lot of people, including me, went up to him after he was done speaking and was like, well, what happened? What was the end of the story? Like what happened with the plane? And that's because he created an open loop and it was especially interesting and compelling and our brains my brain wanted to close that open loop and so let me give you another example we have these open loops in life and we want to close them i'm hungry i eat it closes the loop a desire for love you find love closes the loop you're watching a movie there's a bomb with a countdown clock the hero disarms the bomb at the last second closes the loop so Storytelling has preserved civilizations. You can probably remember one or more of your favorite books as a child or as an adolescent, maybe even as an adult. And I don't mean just a book, but it could also have been uh, in a movie or a fairy tale. And these stories, the compelling stories, <clears throat> they all have something in common because the elements of storytelling are incredibly powerful. And the thing that they have in common is that it holds your attention. The story holds your attention because there's an open loop and then you stay hooked until 
the loop closes. So why am I talking about songs that are stuck in your head and stories from when you were a kid and open loops and closing loops? Well, because on today's episode of the Private School Leader Podcast, we are going to discuss the elements of storytelling and how they can increase your student retention and student recruitment. You are going to learn how to open a story loop for current and prospective parents. And the only way that they can close that story loop is for, your, for their child to graduate from your school. So I'm going to teach you how to open a story loop for prospective and current parents. And the only way that they can close that story loop is that their child has to graduate from your school. So we'll get into that in a moment. But before we do, I wanted to let you know that I've created a free resource for you called the top six ways to protect your school from a lawsuit. This is an eight page PDF that will help you keep your staff and students safe and help keep your school out of court. Litigation is expensive, time-consuming, and stressful. This common-sense guide will help you to be more intentional and proactive when it comes to protecting your school. And you can grab that at theprivateschoolleader.com slash lawsuit. The top six ways to protect your school from a lawsuit is a free gift to you just for listening to the podcast. And again, grab that at theprivateschoolleader.com slash lawsuit. All right. So... You know that in real estate, that the old saying is, it's all about location, location, location. Well, in private schools, when it comes to the bottom line, now I'm talking about finance, it's all about enrollment, 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 because your revenue stream is almost all from the enrollment dollars the tuition dollars, excuse me, the tuition dollars that come from enrolling and keeping students. So retention is more important than you think. And I said this on a previous episode, it was episode nine, and I encourage you to go back and listen to episode nine. It's called the eight retention strategies that actually work, but retention is more important than you think. It takes seven times the resources to find and enroll a new student than it does to keep a current student. So again, seven times the resources, time, money, energy, to find and enroll a new student than it does to keep a current student. So we're going to help you with, I'm going to help you with that today, and we're going to discuss how to do this by using the power of storytelling. And our framework for this comes from a book by Donald Miller called Building a Story Brand. And Building a Story Brand is a number one Wall Street Journal bestseller, and it is an outstanding book. And the framework that we're going to talk about today literally comes from the introduction, and it's only five or six pages of this excellent book. And I will put a link in the show notes for the book, but the story brand framework from Donald Miller has seven parts. We're actually only going to talk about five parts today, but the story brand framework is this, a character, number one, number two, has a problem, number three, and meets a guide, number four, who gives them a plan, number five, and calls them to action, number six, that helps them to avoid failure, and number seven, that ends in success. So 
Let me do that without the numbers in there. A character has a problem and meets a guide who gives them a plan and calls them to action that helps them avoid failure that ends in success. So let me prove it to you. So think about that framework, and then I'm going to throw some stories at you. The Wizard of Oz, Star Wars, Harry Potter, The Odyssey, Interstellar, Beowulf, Lord of the Rings, Interview with a Vampire, Moana, The Hunger Games, Marvel's Spider-Man, Avatar, and the list goes on and on and on and on and on of a character. Now, these are the five parts we're going to use for our episode today, where a character has a problem and meets a guide who gives them a plan that ends in success. So let me hit you with those again. Star Wars, Harry Potter, The Odyssey, Interstellar, Beowulf, Lord of the Rings, Interview with the Vampire, Moana, The Hunger Games, Marvel, Spider-Man, Wizard of Oz, Avatar, and you could probably come up with dozens more. So these story loops get opened and you're going to close it only by having that child graduate from your school. So let's talk about the first thing, and that is a character. Now, this character in this story is a current parent or a potential parent. And this is probably the most important part of this whole episode, and that is that you, in everything you say and everything you do and all your printed materials and what's on your website, you as a school are going to position the parent as the hero. You are going to position the parent as the hero of the story. Because the story has a hero and a, and a victim and a villain and a guide. Well, you're going to position the parent as the hero of this story. Now, the parent is the hero because they're doing an incredibly difficult job. They're trying to raise a family in an uncertain world. Trying to give their children everything that they need to be successful trying to keep their children safe and you're going to acknowledge how hard and how heroic that is but here's a problem and that is that most schools position themselves as the hero that is a mistake position yourself as the guide we'll talk about that in a few minutes but position the parent as the hero not the school so in all your conversations on your website and in your printed materials. So again, the first thing is a character, and the second thing is that character has a problem. And in his book, Building a Story Brand, Donald Miller says, quote, in almost every story, the hero struggles with the same question, do I have what it takes, end quote. So for example, Luke Skywalker in Star Wars, did Luke have what it takes? Katniss Everdeen in Hunger Games, Frodo in Lord of the Rings, even Harry Potter doubted himself. And so a parent, they are doubting themselves. Do I have what it takes to give my child everything that they need in this complex world? They have a problem, but you have to articulate the problem that the hero parent faces. You have to articulate it for them, make it clear for them. Raising children is very difficult right now. You're going to articulate this for them. You're going to say things like, you want to make sure that your child's needs are being met. We can partner with you to help meet their academic and social and emotional and physical safety needs. 
partner with you is a phrase that if it doesn't exist prominently in your conversations with parents, in your on your website, in your printed materials, that I would strongly recommend that that starts to become more prominent, to partner with you. It could be that the prospective family is concerned about safety at their child's current school, or maybe they're concerned about class size or state testing and that certain schools are just teaching to the test, or maybe they're concerned that their current school is just a bunch of facts that are memorized and then forgotten and um, that it's not... um, critical thinking is not being developed, or maybe it's a lack of religious education. Here's the thing. You cannot articulate the problem for them and come into a conversation thinking that you know what the problem is because every parent has a different problem. Again, remember, the parent is the character. They're the hero in this story, and the hero has a problem, and you're going to help them with that problem. We'll get to that in a minute, but Listen deeply. I'm going to say that again. Listen deeply. The parent is the hero and every hero has a problem. Every hero wonders if they have what it takes. Will Luke Skywalker be able to overcome the dark side of the force and defeat the empire? Will Katniss Everdeen be able to win the Hunger Games and save her family? Will Frodo be able to complete his journey and destroy the ring? What is the problem that enrolling their child at your school will solve? What is the problem that keeping their child at your school will solve? You are opening a story loop that only your school can close. Let me say that again. You are opening a story loop that only your school can close. And so I know that this is subtle. I know that this might seem like a shoe that doesn't quite fit, but hopefully by the end of this episode, you'll, you'll get it and it will be clear and easy to understand. And then all I want you to do is to start brainstorming, uh, maybe with one other person, maybe it's your admissions director, regarding how you can intentionally implement the storytelling framework into your conversations, your website, your printed materials to increase retention and to increase recruitment. So what story loop are you opening that only your school can close? You're going to listen deeply to that parent's problem and then help articulate that problem. Okay, so a character has a problem and then meets a guide. And guess who the guide is? That's right, your school. You are the guide. So most great stories have a hero that questions their own ability to solve the problem, and then they need a guide to help them. So Luke Skywalker met Yoda. Katniss Everdeen met Hamish. The Wizard of Oz, Dorothy met Glinda the Good Witch. Frodo met Gandalf. Harry Potter met Professor Dumbledore. Most great stories have a hero with a problem that they can't solve by themselves, and they then meet a guide. This is the power of storytelling. This is opening loops, but it's also the framework of great stories, and intuitively, your parents will realize if you position yourself as the guide, that then they will see that they need your school to help them be successful and close that story loop and solve their problem. So you are going to position your school as the guide 
And then you're going to partner with that parent to help them solve the problem. And again, I want to go into this for a second. I said before that too many schools position themselves as the hero, and that is a mistake. So think about it. Look at our test scores. Look at our AP courses. Look at our campus. Look at our sports team. Look at our robotics programs. Most new parents don't enroll in your school because of your new gym. They enroll because they see that you can meet an important emotional need for their family. Most current families don't stay because of the new AP class that you're offering this year. They stay because their children have made emotional connections with people at your school. So, you are the guide, the parent is the hero, do not position your school as the hero, and talk, 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 talk about all of the amazing things that you have to offer. Now, I'm not saying that you're not going to talk about those things. You're going to talk about them in the context of how those things that you offer, all the bells and whistles, all the amazing things that are distinctives about your school, you're going to talk about how those help get the child to that successful point, to that closing that loop, to that end goal, to graduation. So remember that a guide has tons and tons of empathy. So you are going to have a lot of empathy. You are going to continue to add to the open loop and you have helped them see that you are the guide that can help them be successful. And I just want to do a quick sidebar here. This, the parent is the hero, but the public school system is not the villain. And I want to say that one more time because I made this mistake for probably the first 15 years of my career, at least the first 10 for sure. The parent is the hero, but the public school system is not the villain. I used to bash the public school system when I was trying to persuade parents to come to my school. Don't position the public school as the villain. I used to talk about crowded classrooms and unsafe schools and curriculum. I remember one story that I told regularly. I interviewed a teacher one time and she told me that she, she was a math teacher, high school math teacher, and she was complaining about how that she didn't even have geometry books. She just made copies. They, she did not have a textbook. And then that same year, her school built a gymnasium that cost $5 million. And I used to tell that story to parents to bash the public school. And I'm ashamed of that. Um, I didn't know any better. I know better now. Most parents are products of public schools. So think about that for a second. So if you're bashing public schools, you're kind of bashing where they came from. Public schools are not the enemy. We don't get anywhere bashing the public school. Just focus on what you do well. Don't cause all the, you know, don't tell the horror stories about the fights and the drugs and whatever. You know what? The parents know about that stuff anyways. Don't talk about what the public, about the public school. Just talk about what you do. All right, so just a, a pause and reminder that the, this framework is taken from the number one Wall Street Journal bestseller called Building a Story Brand by Donald Miller, and I'll link this in the show notes. His um, story brand framework has seven steps. We're only talking about five of those steps, and now we're up to 
the next to last one. And so here we go. A character has a problem and meets a guide who gives them a plan. So a character has a problem and meets a guide who gives them a plan that ends, that ends in success. We're going, we're going there in a moment, but that plan has to be very, very simple. And so in his book, Donald Miller talks about putting stones in the stream, quote unquote. And so if there's a stream, you as the guide, what you're doing is you're putting some boulders, some big rocks in that stream so that the person can go from A to B to C to D, and then they get across the stream. Okay. And every year I have retention meetings with third and fifth grade parents. And again, just as a quick sidebar, I talk much more about that in episode nine, eight ways to increase student retention that actually work. Um, the retention meetings is just one of those strategies that we've used at our school. And you can, again, check that out at episode nine. I'll link it in the show notes. But anyways, um, when I have these meetings, I ask them questions like, okay, your child, we have, you know, we have literal concrete thinkers and we have abstract uh, uh, critical thinkers. So if you, is your child literal, concrete, abstract, um, open-ended critical thinking problem solver, where are they at on that continuum? And we have a conversation about that. And then I tell them that our plan is to do everything that we can to move them from concrete to abstract. And then I give them some examples. And so here's one of my go-to stories. Um, I tell them about a time when I walked into a seventh grade social studies class and my social studies teacher had all the students standing up around the perimeter of the room and had this big long piece of twine that was just all going in all different directions all over the room. And every one of the students had a hold of the twine in one in, uh, in two spots, one in each hand. And then he pointed at a student across the room and said, okay, pull on your twine. And then he said, okay, raise your hand if you felt that. And then a couple kids across the room raised their hand. And he was teaching them about pre-World War I treaties and how some countries went to war with each other even though they weren't mad at each other, but because of the treaties that they had with other countries. And so that's one of my go-to stories. And I have multiple stories that show how at our school we help kids go from concrete to abstract. I also talk about the difference between how I learned as a kid, memorize facts, regurgitate them for a test, forget them the next day versus skill building. We're all about skill building. Again, our school goes up to eighth grade, so we're big on building skills, getting kids ready for their, the high school of choice. I talk about leadership opportunities at our school presentation skills. Our social studies teacher shows the TED Talk Death by PowerPoint, and our kids do lots of presenting, and um, they get really, really good at it. I talk about how our kids become outstanding writers. Well, how do we do that? Well, part of our plan is writing workshop, Lucy Calkins' writing workshop model from Columbia University Teachers College. You have all kinds of parts to your plan. What is your plan? Can you articulate your plan? How do you get the hero in the story who has a problem and you're the guide, how do you give them a plan? What is your plan that you're going to give them to be successful to overcome their problem? So we're almost done. A character has a problem and meets a guide who gives them a plan that ends in success. 
Okay, so we talked about opening story loops and closing them. And so part of that is when it comes to ending in success, that you need to use vivid language to paint the picture of a climactic scene that will close the story loop for the parent. I'll say that again. You need to use vivid language to paint the picture of a climactic scene that will close the story loop for the hero. So in a movie, it would be, you know, Luke Skywalker standing there at the end of the first Star Wars movie getting the after he blows up the Death Star and he is getting the medal around his neck. Um, it, for all of the other you know, stories and movies that immediately come to mind, just think of the climactic scene of the hero being triumphant at the end when they overcome the obstacle, they defeat the villain, they um, di disarm the bomb, all of the things where it's the climactic scene. Well, you need to paint that picture for the parent. And the only way to close that story loop is to have their child graduate from your school. And I have this conversation with fifth grade parents, and I actually even have that conversation with third grade parents. So we're talking about eight and nine-year-old children where I'm painting a climactic scene for the parents of these children. And so here's what I do. I talk about a climactic scene. Our school goes up to eighth grade, as I said a few minutes ago, and I asked the parent, I want you to picture it's eighth grade graduation, it's up in the gym, your child is standing up on the stage, and in one, plant, in one hand, they're holding a diploma, and in the other hand, they're holding a little suitcase. You got that picture. And the parent's like, okay, they don't know where I'm going with this. I'm like, I want you to see that. In that suitcase, there are four skills that travel well quote unquote, travel well to high school. And so I talk about how, you know, again, we're not interested in them memorizing facts and regurgitating them for a test and forgetting them the next day. We want to equip them with skills that travel well to high school. So here are the four things in that suitcase. Number one, your child, when they graduate, will be an independent learner. Number two, they'll be a critical thinking problem solver. Number three, they'll be an independent time manager. And number four, they will be a leader with integrity. At our Jewish day school, we say a menschy leader. So an independent leader, a critical thinking problem solver, an independent time manager, and a leader with integrity. And if those four things are in the suitcase of your child, do you think that they will be successful at any high school in the city? And of course, the answer is yes. So they, the, the closed loop for them to be successful and ready to go to be successful in high school is for them to be standing on the stage in our gym on eighth grade graduation day with a suitcase in one hand and a diploma in the other with four skills in that suitcase. That's the vivid language and the picture that I've painted for them. But there has to be some proof to go along with this. And so then I give them two bits of proof and I say, okay, I say, here's what we hear from teachers and administrators at the local high schools. And this is true. All of this is 150% true. First of all, our graduates are outstanding writers. And then I refer again back to writing workshop. They are overprepared academically for freshman year. And we do that on purpose because no matter where they go, it's going to be a bigger school and they're going to need more bandwidth to adjust socially. Number three, are we hear that our grads look can look an adult in the eye and have a conversation instead of mumbling into their phone over in the corner. 
And number four, most of them are social justice warriors because of our equity and inclusion and our focus on social justice and inclusion and equity. And our students typically are the ones that are either joining in or leading or starting organizations at high school that have to do with social justice. So I just painted a picture of a high school student that's accurate based on the feedback that we get from local high schools. And then number two proof is I say, well, don't take my word for it. Do you know anyone in the community that's a graduate or the parent of a graduate? And then I say, just go ask them if this is true. I don't, I mean, I've been at the school 11 years. There's, I don't know, 250 students that have graduated in the time that I've been there. And I know that this was also especially true for students who've graduated before I got there. It's a thing that we do at our school that we do well. And that's why we're leaning into painting this vivid picture about our graduates and using them as our proof for what we can deliver on graduation day with that diploma and that little suitcase. So if they talk to a graduate, if they talk to the parents of a graduate, they're going to get proof that our plan works. So you're gonna close the story loop and they can only close it by enrolling in your school or by staying at your school. So I wanna ask you, what is your climactic scene? What is the vivid language that you're going to do? Um, feel free to steal that diploma and suitcase and skills that travel well, because if your school goes up to eighth grade, it travels well to high school. If your school goes up to 12th grade, then it travels well to college. Just whatever's in the suitcase at your school are the skills that create your portrait of a graduate. If you don't have a portrait of a graduate, you should get one. Um, and then that's what goes in the suitcase. But it doesn't have to be a suitcase and a diploma. What's the climactic scene? What's the vivid language? You're opening a story loop that can only be closed by that child graduating at your school. So what are the big takeaways from today's episode? Well, first of all, another reminder that this framework is taken from the number one Wall Street bestseller, Building a Story Brand by Donald Miller, that will be linked in the show notes. Our brain is all about closing open loops. So that song that's stuck in your head or that great story that you remember from when you were a child, great stories have open loops and they maintain the reader's interest until they close the loop. And the five parts of the seven part building a story brand formula that we talked about today are a character has a problem and meets a guide who gives them a plan that ends in success. So quickly, a character... We want to position the parent as the hero. Do not position the school as the hero. That character has a problem. Help figure out the parent's problem. Use lots of empathy and listen deeply and then help articulate the problem. The character has a problem and meets a guide. Position yourself as the guide who can partner with the parent to help them reach the goal by solving the problem. They have they have a problem, but you're the guide that can partner with them to help them solve their problem. Do not position your school as the hero and do not paint the public school as the villain. Focus on what you do well. Don't focus on the problems with the public school system in your community. All right, so they meet a guide who gives them a plan. Very simply, just connect the dots for them. The rocks in the stream to get them from one side to the other. Make it simple, but make it compelling that your school can give them a plan that will solve their problem. And then that 
plan ends in success. So you're going to use vivid language to create a climactic scene, and you can feel free to steal the diploma suitcase vivid language and put the skills in there that are your portrait of a graduate. So I like to give a call to action at the end of each episode, and today I'm going to give you two. One is in your conversations with current and prospective parents, position yourself as the guide and use vivid language to open a story loop that can only be closed by staying at your school. And then the second one is more advanced, and that is to read Building a Story Brand by Donald Miller, share it with your communications director and your director of enrollment so that the Story Brand framework can influence your website and your printed materials. What we talked about here was literally five or six pages from the introduction of that book, but the book talks about your website, it talks about your printed materials, it talks about meetings and conversations and just a lot of good content there. And um, it's been super helpful for me in the conversations that I have with prospective families and with current families. So let's wrap it up. I hope you got value from this episode. The Private School Leader podcast exists to help you thrive and not just survive as you serve the students and teachers at your school. And it's my goal to take my 30 years of experience and help teach you things that I wish I had known and help you learn from the mistakes that I've made in my career. And I've created a free resource for you called The Top Six Ways to Protect Your School from a Lawsuit. And it's an eight-page PDF that will help keep your staff and students safe and help keep you and your school out of court. It's expensive. Litigation is expensive and time-consuming and stressful and... I think this common sense guide can help you be more intentional and proactive and better able to protect your school. So you can grab this guide over at theprivateschoolleader.com slash lawsuit as a gift and a thank you to you for listening to this podcast. So be sure to subscribe. Again, show notes for today's episode are at theprivateschoolleader.com slash episode 20. A new episode comes out every week on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm on Instagram at The Private School Leader. I'm on Twitter at The PS Leader. If you got value from this episode, please share the link with other leaders you know or aspiring leaders at your school. And I've been your host, Mark Minkus, and it's a privilege to get to spend this time with you. I appreciate you so much and the work that you're doing at your school. Thank you so much for taking some precious time out of your busy schedule to listen to today's episode. And I will see you next time on the Private School Leader Podcast. And until then, always remember to serve first, lead second, and make a difference.